everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Season 2 from Mile High Report Radio Podcast. <laughs> I'm here with Kyle Montgomery. We have a great, great show. Um, I don't know that there's ever been a, a podcast in, in football history as big as the one that we're about to have, Kyle. MHR Radio doing it up big. We got Denver Broncos cornerback Kayvon Webster, rookie cornerback, and we also have... 12-time Pro Bowler, Denver Broncos cornerback Champ Bailey to talk some football with us, talk training camp, and talk the first preseason game. You, oh. I, I think I heard that uh, Champ Bailey has a decent shot at making the team this year. You know, it, it, it's an outside chance, but I think you're right. It, it's, deep, <laughs> it, it's, it's a deep field, but I, th- I think he might make the team. they got a lot of talent there in, in the defensive backfield. And Kayvon, Webb, uh, he, he had the interception on, on Thursday. Yeah, Kayvon talked about the interception a little bit. He gave a little bit of insight into how he was able to jump that route. We'll have that interview here soon and um, talk to Champ about how Kayvon is doing. Um, it's part of this uh, NFL Media Gillette-sponsored um, group program called Gillette Clear Gels Built for Training Program. And it's actually on the web. You can check it out at you can check out some videos. It's a six-part video series at NFL.com built for training. I want to thank them for giving us the chance. It's a six-installment web series that gives sports fans an inside look at some of the tough elements of NFL training camp through the eyes of hopeful rookies and their seasoned mentors. So they kind of peered up a bunch of guys from the NFL, rookies and veterans in the same position. In the Broncos case, that's Kayvon Webster and Champ Bailey. And you know, they follow them throughout training camp. They kind of document their experiences. It's actually pretty cool. They've got two of the videos up already, and it's at NFL.com slash built for training. And the NBA, the NBA has been doing that for a while too, the, the mentor program. I think it keeps uh, it keeps rookies out. I mean, you don't really hear about NBA players getting into too much trouble other than maybe like personal matters. But <laughs> um, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, Champ Bailey's never struck me as the vocal leader. He's always been a silent leader, lead by example. So – it was interesting to me whether his role changed a little bit this year. I mean, last year the Broncos drafted Omar Bolden. Did he have that same mentorship role with Omar? I kind of talked to Champ a little bit about that. Um, so, let's before we get to that, let's talk about today. There's some there's some news from Broncos training camp for Saturday. Yeah, today at practice just a few hours ago, um, we found out that Ryan Clady is participating in team drills for the first time. Yay! Uh, since. Uh, off-season shoulder surgery in January. Uh, so it's been about six, seven months since he's been able to really go up against an opponent. So that was some pretty big news. Dominic how did uh, how did Clady do today? I heard he had he had one-on-ones with uh, Derek Wolf. Yeah, he he played like three or four snaps, and his very first snap, Derek Wolf just took him to school. Uh, got a got a hand on Peyton Manning's football as it was getting released, according to reports. Okay, so he's got to shake the rust off. He wasn't even in. He wasn't even in full pads. He did that in just shoulder pads. I'm kind of laughing about that. That's funny. And then you got some DRC news as well. Yeah, Dominic Rogers Cromartie looks like he's close to getting back. He's going to try to play in the second preseason game. Uh, he said it'll be a game time decision, but he was dressed today, a limited participant. One thing that will probably probably wouldn't surprise you because you were at training camp, but that might surprise others, uh, just fans who haven't been able to get to training camp for whatever reason, is Quentin Jammer. Uh, if you watch the game on Thursday, if you're able to watch the game on Thursday, that guy didn't play until the fourth quarter. Yeah, Quentin is an interesting case. I mean, the Broncos are trying to move him and trying him at safety, a position he hasn't played in close to a decade. 
He's been a cornerback in the NFL. Um, he's valuable depth for two positions if he can make the switch to safety. So I think that's why the Broncos are trying him there. Uh, a lot of commenters have asked me about Quentin Jammer. I think he makes the team just because of that versatility and that experience. Um, he's a backup safety and a backup cornerback. But he wasn't able to cover the tight end very well, even a third-string tight end on yeah. Sunday, on Thursday, I'm sorry. And a lot of people kind of pegged him for that role. Uh, they thought he'd be the safety that covers the tight end, and he struggled. So, See, my thing is if, if you keep Quentin Jammer, you have to get rid of Tony Carter, and not because Quentin Jammer is the fourth cornerback. That's not why. It's because if you keep Quentin Jammer, you have, I think, 11 defensive backs. you got like five or six safeties and then five or six corners. You got At corner, you got Champ, DRC, you got uh, Chris Harris Jr., um, Tony Carter. You have uh, – help me out here. Omar, Omar Bolden and Webster. and Kayvon Webster. So that's that's six guys right there at corner. You're going to keep Kayvon. You're going to keep Omar because they're – Omar's a second-year player and, and Kayvon's a rookie. There, there's one guy that's dispensable out of that whole group. And if you look at safeties, um, Mike Adams is going to make the team. Um, Raheem Moore makes the team. Duki Anacho makes the team. Um David Bruton just got a three-year contract. He's he makes the team. There's four corners right there. So if you keep Quentin Jammer, that's five safeties, and then Quentin Carter, that's six safeties. Quentin Carter, I, I don't know that the Broncos are going to give up on him yet. I think there are three names in there that you said might or may, might not make the team, and I think those three guys are fighting for one spot. And those three guys are Mike Adams, Quentin Carter, and uh, who are we talking about? Quentin Jammer. Jammer. Those three are, I think, are fighting for one spot, and it's possible that Tony Carter and Omar Bolden are fighting for a spot. I think they're both likely to make the team, especially because they're special teams contributors. They had a lot of snaps on special teams on Thursday, and they will throughout the regular season. When you can contribute in two places, when you can provide depth, and you can play a lot of special teams, the Broncos will keep you. And both Bolden and Carter do that, so they, they have a good chance. I'm not sure how many special team snaps Jammer played. I'll have to look into that, but... Mike Adams is uh, – he would only count about $250,000 in, in dead money if they were to cut him prior to uh, week one of the of the regular season. So he may be dispensable, I guess. The depth at the secondary has been the most interesting discussion point because no matter how you slice it, the Broncos cannot keep a talented player or two. There are one or two talented players – that the Broncos just – the numbers don't add up. Uh, they're going to lose someone like Quentin Carter, who had two playoff interceptions a year ago, yeah. or Quentin Jammer, who has nine years of experience at cornerback and you know played pretty well and is a solid tackler, or Mike Adams, who was a pretty good safety – starting safety for the Broncos last year. He wasn't – you know. People don't want to give Mike Adams credit, but PFF uh, – Pro football focus. I gave him a decent. I think he was top fifteen as far as strong safeties went in the NFL, which you know he's that makes him above average. Yeah, and I like Pro Football Focus. I like Football Outsiders. I think when you combine the two, you get a better understanding. I mean, I think either one by themselves doesn't really tell the tale because Pro Football Focus and both of them, especially the safety position, that is a hard position to grade. You do not know what the defensive coordinator called, and the safety needs to play the, you know, the play. That the defensive coordinator called that whoever made that call did, and you can't grade against that. You don't know, and the safety is just out there. So to grade that position is mostly based on, you know, technical ability to tackle and technical ability in coverage. And there's a lot more to the safety position than just that. Right, and and at strong safety, 
you had Mike Adams last season covering the slot quite often, which is which is a little abnormal for a strong safety to do. So I think fans maybe saw him in a position where you know strong safety is not actually playing and then you didn't you see you know week one of the preseason and Dukey and Nacho looks incredible but I think that's because he's allowed to play strong safety actually they got him in an actual true strong safety position and Mike Adams had the interception it was kind of a gimme interception but he still was there at the right time he read the quarterback um Kayvon Webster had an interception the defense had four takeaways that's really impressive Mm -hmm. um it was it was a fun it was a fun preseason game to look at the depth. It was good to see Brock Osweiler under pressure. He was under constant pressure. The offensive line was just not able to block anything. That's been a talk in Denver. Is, is do you want to put Peyton Manning out there? Like with the, with the offensive line blocking the way they are, like are you going to risk Peyton Manning? Granted, Peyton Manning does get out of traffic a little bit. I think he's a little bit more smooth with Brock than Brock Osweiler, but you got Clady coming back. Clady won't be back during the preseason, I don't think. Maybe week three. Um, Orlando Franklin's, like, nursing everything. You got, uh, Zane Beatles is healthy, but... <laughs> um, and you got Manny Ramirez, who... He may not even be the starting center come come week one. I wasn't terribly impressed with Ryan Lilja. I think Manny Ramirez had a better game overall. He did have that holding penalty. I think Manny Ramirez played a little bit better than Lilja. Um, so that, that's an interesting competition to watch. Those two are competing for starting center. Otherwise, left to right, we, we kind of know the order. It's, you know. Right, and Vasquez had a good game. As, I, I think the, the, the four plays he was in or whatever, uh, he looked strong. Uh, was there anybody from the game that you wanted to point out that maybe uh, – I mean, we all know C.J. Anderson had a great game. We all know Dukey and Nacho introduced himself to the NFL. Uh, was there anybody, like – Maybe maybe mainstream didn't didn't know about that had a strong game. Yeah, uh, someone who had a strong game that people aren't talking about. Well, I think we've covered all the people that had a strong game that people aren't talking about. Raheem Moore looked okay. He got one of our MHR game balls mm-hmm. from one of the staff. Kayvon Webster, well, he had the interception, but for a rookie that was a big deal. And I asked him how he thought about his game as a whole, and he said he thought he did poorly. And I thought that was funny because I don't hmm. think he did poorly at all. I think he's, you know, you're your own harshest critic, and except for a coach, maybe a coach is a harsher critic at times. Uh, you can ask Wes Walker about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring uh, up uh, Malik Jackson, and this is a guy I've been really high on, and, and I even that's have, a good name. I have a bet um, with with our fellow writers at Mile High Report that uh, Malik Jackson will be the starting defensive end by week three. Now, in the preseason, sorry. Um, there's there's one person in his way, which is Sean Phillips. And when you saw Sean Phillips and, and Nate Irving combined for the, the only touchdown that happened on Thursday against the 49ers, uh, Sean Phillips is, is kind of solidifying himself at defensive end as well. One theory I have on Nate Irving is um, they got him at strong at stand linebacker right now because there's a possibility that Von Miller might get suspended. Now, I, I know that Stuart Bradley started off in, at, at the middle linebacker, but I think that's because they're trying to put they're, – they're, they're preparing Nate Irving just in case there is a suspension with Vaughn Miller. That's an interesting theory. I hadn't heard it put it that way, but I can definitely subscribe to it. Nate Irving has some versatility about him, and if he gets some more reps at Sam in Vaughn Miller's absence, that wouldn't be a bad thing. That gives Stuart Bradley more reason to have those starting reps. That's, I like that theory. 
I'm waiting for Steven Johnson to set up, uh, to step up because we're not – I don't think Stuart Bradley's the answer at middle linebacker. Um, DMAC on 104.3 The Fan was just making fun of the Broncos' tendency to just kind of throw in the, the slow white guy at middle linebacker, whether it's Bill Romanowski or Keith Brooking or Stuart Bradley. Um, I think that Steven, uh, Steven Johnson and, and Nate Irving are both – both capable of, of playing middle linebacker. There's some doubts about their corner or their coverage, but I think uh, I would love to see Nate Irving playing middle linebacker. Yeah, he, he made some plays out there at middle linebacker with the second team. It was good to see. But speaking of playmakers, let's let's talk a little Kayvon Webster. Let's bring Kayvon Webster in here. I had the opportunity to talk to him yesterday, um, the day after the game, asked him some questions about how training camp was going, how his first uh, NFL experience, his first training camp was going. Um, I want to thank Gillette and NFL.com again for giving us the opportunity to interview Kayvon. And let's bring him in right now. This is Kyle Montgomery from MileHighReport.com and the MHR Radio Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate you all for having me. I was there at camp last week. Saw you about nine practices. You looked good out there, made a couple of interceptions. And then last yeah. night... Last night, you get the big interception during your first preseason game. Uh, tell us about that. Tell our listeners about that. Uh, walk us through the play. How did how did that happen? Um, you know, it was kind of, you know, me just doing what I was supposed to do uh, to receive a win in motion. You know, I backed up a little bit. Uh, he ran up field vertical. You know, I, I kind of sat on it. When he broke down, you know, I seen the ball release, and then I just died and caught it. And uh, that was it for my first interception. <laughs> How did that feel? Uh, I feel accomplished, like uh, my hard work is paying off. But you know, still got work to do. Got more work to do. Does that make you hungry for the regular season? Try to repeat that feat in the real game? Yeah, I mean, I can I consider every game as a real game. So you know, uh, hopefully, you know, this is a trend, starting trend, and exception for me. Is a big interception a takeaway like that? Is that something that Jack Del Rio is focusing on, or is it just getting off the field in general? Uh, what are some of the messages as far as those situations that Jack Del Rio um, talking to you guys about? Of course, he of course he loves uh, us getting uh, turnovers, but our focus is just to do what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. So you know, um, and we we have faith in him calling the right calls, and you know we're behind him, so we you know we following his plan and. It should work as long as we continue to work hard. That's excellent. How would you grade yourself last night overall? You had the one big Were you doing your job pretty well? Pretty satisfied? Um, you know, there's always room for improvement. I, did, I think I did pretty well for, for my first uh, NFL game. But, you know, it's still areas that I can improve in. And, you know, I'm looking forward to doing that this week. Excellent. What are you and the Broncos up to today? Um, today, you know, uh, we got in pretty late last night. So right now, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody's on their way here. We have to lift at two o'clock and we're going to go over some film and, you know, have more meetings. We still in that camp and get ready for practice tomorrow. How tough, uh, you know, being a rookie, how tough is NFL training camp so far? Uh, I wouldn't say it's tough. I would say... I will put it like um, it's still football at the end of the day. You know, as long as you caught up on your studies, it'll go smooth. Excellent. What's it like working with a future Hall of Famer like Champ Bailey? 
Uh, it's truly a blessing, you know, uh, to get a guy such a uh, uh, his caliber, you know, um, going to the Pro Bowls and you know just being in the NFL for a long time, you know, it just it's a humbling experience, and you know I'm looking forward to working with Champ every day. What was your opinion of Champ before you knew you were coming to Denver? Did you already have an opinion of him that scouted him? Um, he was my favorite corner, um, so I pretty much, you know, followed him through, like, his whole career from Washington to, to the Broncos, and, you know, um, you know, I'm I'm just still uh, caught up, blessed to be here. And being one of your favorite corners, working with him at first must have been surreal. Do you still get that feeling, or are you more in a business mindset now, several months into your off-season work? Um, no. Get it every once in a while when you sit, when you really sit back and think about um, who you're surrounded by. But you know, um, at at the end of the day, you know, we're here for a purpose, and um, you know, can't be starstruck because uh, we're on the same team. Just have to approach it as a business, and you know, do what I'm supposed to do. What are some of the pieces of advice that Champ has given you in particular? The pieces of advice. Yeah, is he giving you any pointers or giving you anything specific directed towards you and you're working with him? Um, you know, just to be more focused on my technique and uh, continue to believe in myself. You know, um, stay in my playbook and you know everything will work out. Kevin, okay, you were a third round draft pick. Most people will assume that you're going to make the team. You know, a team invest a draft pick like that in you. Would your approach to this off season? Be any different if you had gone, say, undrafted? Um, no, I think I prepared pretty well, you know, um, to to this uh, to this league. Um, I trained pretty hard, you know, even if I was training on the day of the draft day, you know, because I I really wasn't expected to go the next day, so you know, it, it didn't really catch me as a surprise. But you know, I just still had that same mentality I had going into college. You know, working hard and coming in to be a competitor. What are your expectations for yourself this season? Um, well, whatever role my coach uh, has out for me, whether that's playing special teams or, you know, coming in and getting a little piece of a nickel action or corner action, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to do whatever they ask me to do. You know, I'm going to give everything my all when I'm out on the field. Thanks, Kayvon. i got a few more questions for you if you got another minute. We're talking with rookie cornerback Kayvon Webster of the Denver Broncos. Kayvon, what would you say is your greatest strength? Um, my greatest strength would be with my ability to, you know, uh, stay positive. I'm a pretty positive person. You know, that's my strength. If I see somebody else down, you know, I'll try to give them words of encouragement and let them know that things could be worse. And, you know, um, just got to keep, you know, keep pushing. That's got to be valuable on the football field. You know, you have a bad play, you get beat. Not that it would ever happen, but, you know, maybe it does. It's got to be uh, it, a good It happens in a bad position. But, you know, you got to have a short, short-term short memory, you know, uh, bounce back. What would you say is Champ Bailey's greatest strength? Um. You know, with me being here so far as him being the leader, you know, uh, he goes out on the field and, you know, a guy at his age, you know, he, he goes out and he competes every every chance he gets. So, you know, that's, that's very encouraging to us to let us know that we have to keep working.
So thank you so much, Kayvon. I really appreciate the time. Uh, good luck next week, and congratulations again on the win and the big interception last night. I appreciate it. Thank you. Kayvon Webster for joining MHR Radio Podcast and talking to MileHighReport.com. Uh, I loved how he talked about Champ Bailey's greatest strength being his leadership. I always thought of Champ as kind of a quiet leader, but this year, this program seems to have given him the opportunity to take on a different role, a more direct mentorship. And so now we're going to bring in Champ Bailey to talk about Kayvon, to talk about the preseason, and also talk a little bit about the NFL in general, how he's feeling at this stage in his career. Ask him about what he thinks about an 18-game uh, regular season. And let's bring in Champ Bailey. This is Kyle Montgomery, MileHighReport.com, on the NHR podcast, talking with Denver Broncos All-Pro cornerback Champ Bailey. Champ, congrats on the win last night, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, big win for preseason game. Did any of your teammates stick out to you? Some of your teammates with their performance and the things they did. Well. Well, to to look at the whole team, I, I liked uh, Nate Irving played great. Our middle linebacker, he's competing for a starting role. Uh, C.J. Anderson competing for a roster spot. Running back played great. You know, Kayvon Webster, I mean, got it. I'm mentoring in this Gillette Deodorant Bill for training program. He did great. I mean, he had an interception, some good tackles. I mean, I, I think overall, you know, when you look at our team, it's the young guys you want to see do some good things. Guys, you want guys to surprise you in a good way, and these guys really did. Is that how you watch in great preseason games by the performance of players, or do you judge it by wins and losses? Well, at this point, you want to. We, we're trying to get our best 53, so you want to, you know, kind of evaluate the individual talent and how they fit in on our team, and you know, that's really how the coaches decide who's going to be on this team. I mean, by individuals and how they perform, and you know, what we ask them to do. So it, it's really boils down to individual talent that can, you know, help your team become a better team. Are you looking forward to a little bit more preseason work in the games ahead, or are you happy with the number of reps you're getting right now? Wait, can you just repeat that, please? Yeah. Are Are you looking forward to getting a few more reps, maybe some more reps in the preseason games ahead, or are you pretty confident in whatever amount of work the coaches give you? I'm pretty confident with what they give me. You know, I I mean, I, I personally don't like the whole preseason thing just because it's it guys risk the chance of getting hurt. But, you know, it does help us pick our team. And, you know, as, as many reps as I can give to these young guys to help them get prepared, I mean, I'm going to give it to them, you know, because I've had my share. And, you know, I'll be ready when the bullets really start flying. Yeah, I was at camp last week. I was able to watch you. Saw. Uh, some of your work with the team unit and the Denver Broncos were giving you some rest during the, the team reps. Um, you know, how do you find a balance between resting your body and getting the reps you need to perform at your best? Is, is this a new situation coming into the season for you? Well, I, I did a little last year, not not as much as this year. I mean, there is a fine line, and I understand that because 
you know, I'll, I'll make sure I get at least a, a few good practices in a, a week before I take any breaks because I, I want to make sure I'm on top of my game, my technique and things like that, make sure everything's sound. If I'm not pleased with my practice, and you know, forget how much rest I'm supposed to get. I'll go right back out there and, and make sure I fine-tune some things before I, you know, take any breaks. Thank you. We're talking with Denver Broncos cornerback, Champ Bailey. Uh, Champ, kind of on that vein, there has been talk coming from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to expand the regular season to 18 games. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't like it. You know, I think 16 is, you know, tough enough. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it really comes down to money. I mean, obviously, they want to try to generate more revenue. and But, you know, if, that, if I see a way that they allocate that to the players, then, you know, I'm all for it. But I don't, I don't see it happening that way. I mean, it's going to be tough, you know, for them to convince our union to, <laughs> to an 18-game schedule. It's just, just not – it doesn't seem reasonable to me. Thank you for that. I'm going to talk to you a little – a few more questions before we talk about Kayvon Webster as part of the sponsored interview. Uh, the Broncos, you know, they spent the last few years trying to find a, a man to line up across from you on the team. You know, they went with Dre Bly, yeah. and drafted Alfonso Smith pretty high, Tracy Porter last year. Um, I want to talk about another guy in the roster. It kind of came up as a surprise, and that's Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. What do you see yeah. from this undrafted guy, Chris Harris, that, that makes him special? You, you know, it's the way he works. You know, it's not any surprise to me how how good he plays because when I saw from day one, I, I just saw him work and get better and better, and all of a sudden he's on the roster. And next thing you know, he's starting. I mean, the guy's he's an amazing talent. For one, that's why he's out there. But his hard work is what, you know, keeping him on the field the way he is because he just grinds every day in practice, takes every play serious. He's a, he's a guy that's grown up a lot faster than people expected. Yeah, our readers love uh, those stories, the undrafted people making, just working hard and making it. They're all fans of Rod Smith. They see that in Chris Harris. They're starting to see that in yeah. Duke Nacho. Uh, tell us a little bit about Duke Nacho and how he's impressed you this game. Oh, man, you know, he's another guy, you know, undrafted. You know, these guys come in with a chip on their shoulder, and, I mean, they're ready to work. They don't feel like they should be guys for to get on the roster. They should be starting. So I love that kind of confidence in guys, and you see that in Duke every day. Plays aggressive, believes in his talent, you know, doesn't second-guess himself on any, any play. So, I mean, with that being said, and then his preparation, I mean, it turns into a great pro, and, you know, I'm starting to see that, you know, develop right before my eyes. And, you know, it's interesting to see that. Do you see some of that in Kayvon Webster, the Broncos' draft pick this year? And are you instilling some of those principles in him in any way you can? Yeah, you know, since I've been, you know, mentoring him the last few weeks, just just watching him, you know, throughout practice, the thing about him is he doesn't make the same mistakes a lot of times. And I think that that's a good start because, you don't want a guy that's going to go out there, you tell him to do something, and he continues to do the opposite. He's a guy that really takes his, you know, his advice and applies it to the field, and that's what you want to see. He's growing up a lot faster than he, you know, than he probably wants to, but that's what it takes in this league. And for him to play on Sundays, he's definitely got to develop into a good pro, and he's on his way. Um, what are some of the advice that you might have given Kayvon? Anything in particular about his play or his work habits? Well, his work is there. The work habits are there. 
you know, that's, I mean, you can't really coach that. The thing I, I try to help them with is technique, you know, how to pick up on little things, you know, as far as route progressions and receivers, just little things like that, that that's really going to help them become a great corner. And, you know, that's what's helped me throughout my years. What would you say, uh, having worked with him so far, what would you say is Kayvon Webster's greatest strength? I think his greatest his strength is probably his mixture of size and speed. He's, he's a big corner for starts, and then he can run as fast as anybody out there. So I think with the way receivers are built today, they're all big and strong. You know, not a lot of small guys these days. And, you know, you gotta you got to be able to handle that being pushed around a little bit. And he's a guy that's built for that. What about looking at yourself at this point in your career? What would you say is your greatest strength, Chan Bailey's greatest strength? Well, I would say right now is probably my experience. You know, I think, you know, I can still run. I can still tackle. And I'm still, you know, still can play 16 games. It's just now my experience helps me make more plays and make sure I'm in the right places at the right time. You know, that's just that's going to make up for any step that I've lost or anything like that. So, how has working working with Peyton Manning added to that experience? A great deal because we we get to see one of the smartest players to ever do it every day, and to to prepare against him, and which is what we're doing every day is you know preparing to stop our offense, and you know that's just going to help us in the long run definitely prepare us for our first game of the season. Do you guys have that first game of the season? Are you are you looking to September 5th, or are you looking at the preseason game ahead? Well, you want to take care of what's in front of you. We obviously got to put our team together using these preseason games to help us do that. You know, I definitely focus on, you know, what we can take what we can take out of these, how we can get better throughout the preseason. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, you want to be ready for that first game because that's the one that counts. And that's the one that's going to be on our record. Absolutely, I imagine it's got to it's got to be difficult though, balancing what's in front of you and the expectations for this season. Have you ever come into an off season knowing that there were this high of expectations for the postseason for the Super Bowl on a team which, with which you were part? You know, I've 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 had unrealistic expectations on a team before, but you know, I feel like this is the the most real shot that I've had throughout my career to get a title. And, you know, we got the pieces. It's just all about coming together and, and making it work throughout the season and, you know, hopefully getting the tournament and make some noise. Jim Bailey, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you. Oh, no problem. Games this year. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Uh, Champ Bailey. I don't, has that ever been done in podcast history before? Champ Bailey on a podcast? Probably, but and never on the MHR radio podcast. Thank you, Chan, for coming on. Never podcast history has, has Champ Bailey recorded. Champ Bailey has a. I, I don't want to. I'm going to say it. Champ Bailey has a sexy voice. He sounded better than I did on that recording. <laughs> I, I'm the one recording it with my phone. He comes out crystal clear, and I sound like mumble garbage. It's weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. glad Champ has the technical, uh, you know, one upmanship on me. That's that's one upmanship on me. That's fine. How do you think uh, those guys are? How do you think those guys feel when uh, Patrick Smythe's staring at them every word they say? <laughs> Make sure you don't screw up. Make sure you don't screw up. It was on the phone. I have no idea whether 
Patrick had any involvement in that, but uh, I love Patrick. He's a nice guy. Patrick was three feet away. We got to find out how pa- the, those hockey jerseys. The, the Broncos have a hockey team for their front office guys, and they had some really cool hockey sweater jersey things. And we got to find out from Pat how they how they uh, where they got those from. Those need to be sold. I didn't know that. Interesting. But hey, let's let's finish up this awesome MHR podcast. We're talking about the preseason game. We're talking about week one. We're going to talk about week two next time on MHR Radio. But uh, one one aspect we didn't get into yet in the preseason game, and this is pretty big, is the Broncos' running back situation. We've got a number of names involved, and then you know there's kind of a three-way race to see who gets carries. And then this new guy emerges from nowhere. He'd yeah. done nothing like this in camp. He hadn't looked spectacular in camp. He had a few solid runs, but you know, everybody kind of had a big run here and there. But in that preseason game, C.J. Anderson, uh, he's a name to remember the rest of the preseason. What did you think, Ian? Yeah, C.J. Anderson came out of nowhere. Um, he looked better than, than everyone. He looked better than Monte Ball. He looked better than than Ronnie Hillman, and he certainly looked better than Noshan Moreno. But like I can, you said this off air, uh, it kind of went in reverse order. Like the, the Broncos' depth chart, if you were judging by the 49ers game, is C.J. Anderson, Noshan Moreno, <laughs> Monte Ball and then Ronnie Hillman. Um, I, I would disagree with those last two. I think Ronnie Hillman played better than Monte, but I mean, as far as snap count goes, that's how it wins. You know, Monte at the end of the at the end of the game was like laughing and smiling. I'm like, I, if I were Monte Ball, I would be pissed. I played like hell, and I I didn't accomplish any of my goals. Like, what are you smiling and laughing about? Like, get better. Then you can smile and laugh. You know, as far as the. The mental block, which was what I talked about all the training camp on my radio interviews at 1300 AM, The Animal, Colorado Springs. I talked about Monte Ball just not being able to overcome those mental hurdles, the playbook getting in his way, him being hesitant at the line. I didn't see that in the preseason game. What I saw was an offensive line that completely failed to get any movement on that second team and first team, San Francisco 49ers defensive line. I really don't think Monte Ball had a bad game, and I'm interested to see how he does next week with perhaps a better offensive line performance in front of him. So we could talk about the offensive line being being bad, but C.J. Anderson did have, uh, what was it, close to 80 yards. Um, and that's the offensive line that's pushing it. Granted, that's against the fourth and or third and possibly fourth string defense, but C.J. Anderson also himself isn't, he's not the next Arian Foster. You know, he's just, he's a third, fourth string guy himself. He had the most snaps. He had 40% of the snaps, which is by far the most. He had the most game time. He had the most carries. He had more than twice as many carries as Noah Sean Marino or, or Ronnie Hillman. And he went for 69 yards with a long of 17. That was by far the best running back performance of the night, uh, where everybody else was around a you know three-yard average, four-yard average. He was closer to a five-yard average. Uh, C.J. Anderson looked the part. Um, was it against their teamers? Absolutely. And that's why... If the Broncos were to find a way to get him more involved, I'd be interested to see it. If we give the ball to C.J. Anderson and we give the ball to Monte Ball with the same line in front of him and the same defenders against them, and one of them performs better than the other, then we have their answer. We have our answer. But until yeah. then, until then, we just don't know. We don't know if C.J. Anderson is for real or if he is a good running back against third teamers. Yeah, the, 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 there's some questionable lineup positions now for sure. Um, you know, you got Mike Adams listed above Dukey and Nacho on, on the depth chart, but you got Dukey and Nacho kind of rumbling out there to start the, in the first place. You got um, 
oh god they're all over the place uh, Stuart Bradley is listed as the second middle linebacker he actually starts a game was that because Nate Irving his personal issue was it actually like more of a punishment he didn't get to start the game uh one thing I heard all week was uh or I guess Thursday or Friday Saturday was that um Wes Welker Demarius Thomas Eric Decker they all wanted more playing time which is great yeah, and they'll get it. The second preseason game and the third preseason game is where the starters get the most reps. Um, and so that's something we can look forward to next week. Yeah, well, let's talk about something else that's happening on uh, actually tomorrow. What are you doing this weekend, Ian? And I know it's a, I know it's a, um, a personal favorite show of yours. And Jan, how do you, how do you feel about Breaking Bad? Uh, never seen it. What? <laughs> Breaking Bad is the best thing ever. It is. I'm as excited for Breaking Bad as I was for the Broncos. I really am. I'm maybe more than the preseason opener. I think I'm probably more excited for tomorrow night and the Breaking Bad season 5.2 premiere. It's like the second half of season five premiere. We've been waiting a year for the second half of season five because they did it really weird. But eight episodes left. They've just done some with the show. They've just done some pretty incredible, innovative things. Like they had that really long hiatus, and they were doing webisodes. They were doing like three-minute webisodes, and it's just—it's not the way TV's normally done. And 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 I, I credit to Breaking Bad for for you know keeping the fans um, kind of motivated and and keeping their their best interests at. at. To those listening, if you haven't been watching Breaking Bad and you want to get into it, turn off the podcast now. We're going to close the show with it. This is your spoiler warning because Ian and I are going to do a little uh, predicting the season premiere, what's going to happen. Uh, you know, when we left off, it was an interesting change in the story arc. For the first several seasons, Breaking Bad kind of went through four seasons and it was, took, as far as the story time goes, the first four seasons were like less than two years of story time, even just one year of story time. And then this last season five, we get the segue, and in like 10 minutes, three or four months pass by, and everything changes. And now um, Walter White, Heisenberg, he's getting out of the game. He's out. And then suddenly uh, Hank discovers that key piece of evidence, his brother-in-law, and it sets everything up for this final eight episodes to be a showdown between Walt and Hank. Uh, the season, the series has always kind of teased it from the beginning that, I mean, even from the first several episodes, it was clear that Hank was searching for a drug cook, a drug dealer, who was in fact his brother-in-law. Now he knows, finally. Ian, how soon do you think these two go head-to-head? Uh, I think they'll tease it. Uh, you, you know, when you're, when you're writing a script, you don't ever give the audience what they want. Um, you, you, you know, you kind of tempt them, tease them, and then there's going to be a blow-up finale. Probably not the last episode, though. I would assume it probably, let's talk like episode seven, maybe, um, will be the will be the big one. I... I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, one of them die, if not both. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's not even the final, uh, the final showdown of the show. I mean, right now it's set up where it's Hank versus Walt, but there seem there there are other relationships with Walt that need to be resolved too. There's Walt and Jesse, and there's Walt and Skyler, and maybe those are the ones that really end the series at the very end. That we we deal with Walt and Hank now. And then we find resolution in the conflict between those characters. I'm stoked. What do you think is going to happen this first episode? Uh, it's impossible to predict. Um, the show's just so well written. Um, something major is going to happen with, I, I'd assume, Jesse. I could see that happening. I, I could see Hank and Jesse getting.
getting in a confrontation. I, I like that prediction. I was thinking the same kind of thing. That uh, I think like episode two or three, we're going to see a major character die. I don't think Hank lets Walt know that he's onto him for a while. And I think Hank tries to put more pieces together and I think he'll go to Jesse. I agree with that. And that's yeah. actually what I was going to predict. Oh, I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm so stoked for Breaking Bad. This is the best, in my opinion, as far as movies, video games, books, any form of media, television, entertainment go, Breaking Bad tops it all. I've never been this hooked and this engrossed in a show before. Uh, the storytelling is so well done. If this, if this was a book, it would be a book I could just never put down. I would just keep reading, keep reading chapter after chapter, episode after episode. Breaking Bad. It's yeah, a bitch. great, great. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah, bitch. It's Breaking a great Bad. show. And that'll do it. MHR Radio Podcast, uh, Season 2, Episode 3, talking Broncos preseason, Broncos training camp. Want to again thank our special guests, Kayvon Webster and Champ Bailey of the Denver Broncos. Thank NFL.com and Gillette for allowing us to interview them. And uh, talked a little Breaking Bad as well. Excited for the premiere tomorrow. Broncos country, we will see you at milehighreport.com. Thanks, Yan Wang, our producer, and Ian Henson, our host. Y'all have a great night. Thanks, guys.